Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Today is Saturday, March 13th, 2021. On this day in 1933, serial killer Donald Henry Gaskins was born in South Carolina. He went on to murder at least 14 people over three decades, though he claimed to have killed dozens more. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the birth and life of one of the most notorious serial killers of the American South, Donald Henry Gaskins. Let's go back to Florence County, South Carolina on March 13, 1933. As a murderer, Donald Henry Gaskins went by many names. He was known as the Redneck Charles Manson, the Hitchhiker Killer, and the Meanest Man in America. But long before he killed his first victim, he was simply known as Pee-wee. Gaskins was born the oldest of four children near the swamps of the Lynch's River, his mother, Yuli, called him Pee-wee from the time he came into the world, and the name stuck. He was always small, both at school and at home. He was bullied for being skinnier and shorter than other kids. When he wasn't fighting off bullies, he was being punished by teachers or abused by his mother's boyfriends. All the while, Yuli stood by and did nothing. Gaskins claimed she was neglectful and uncaring. It seemed no adult in his life was watching out for him. At a young age, he discovered that his best defense was to cultivate an even worse reputation than the kids who bullied him. Soon, he found kindred spirits in two other troubled boys. The three became inseparable, but instead of riding bikes and skipping rocks, Gaskins and his friends dropped out of school and spent their time committing home burglaries. By age 11, they were already professionals, and as time went on, their violence escalated. When Gaskins was 13, he and his friends raped one of the boy's younger sisters. The girl told her parents about the assault, but instead of contacting the authorities, they reached out to Gaskins' mother and stepfather. Together, the four adults brutally punished the boys. They took them to a barn where the kids were stripped naked, hung upside down, and beaten half to death. Afterward, Gaskin's friends were so scared for their lives, they ran away from their small town, leaving him behind. All alone, 13-year-old Pee-wee continued to break into homes. Until one day, when he snuck into a house he thought was empty and found a teenage girl still inside. A struggle ensued and Gaskins knocked her unconscious. Just a few minutes later, he was arrested. 
Pee Wee's carefree days of adolescent crime were over. He was convicted of assault with a deadly weapon and sentenced to an all-boys reform school. It was the beginning of a lifetime spent in and out of prison. Gaskins claimed that his time at the reformatory school was marked by years of sexual abuse and hard labor. He tried to run away multiple times, even managing to hide out for weeks on end, but he was always dragged back and punished. He was finally released when he turned 18. But his time on the outside was brief, and he would find himself back in detention less than 12 months later. Over the years, he'd be back again and again and again, each time for a more violent and twisted crime than the last. But it was decades before authorities finally realized that wherever and whenever Donald Gaskins was free, people ended up dead. By the time they caught on, he wasn't just Pee-wee anymore. He was one of the country's most notorious serial killers. He was the meanest man in America. Coming up, we'll discuss Donald Gaskin's life of murder and chaos. You discover their practices, seek their advice, and let yourself become more vulnerable than ever before. They have the ability to heal what the doctors can't, or so they say. Hi listeners, it's Vanessa from the ParCast series Cults. Be sure to check out our four-part special on miracle healers airing right now. Meet figures from around the world who claimed powers and pushed remedies, but harbored more sinister intentions. You don't want to miss it. And if you're looking for more episodes on the most radical and deadly groups in history, tune in to Cults every Tuesday. From Jim Jones and the People's Temple, to Charles Manson and the Manson family, to Keith Raniere and Nexium, you'll uncover the unscrupulous methods used to turn bright-eyed recruits into die-hard believers. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Cults, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 Platinum Jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Now back to the story. On March 13, 1933, American serial killer Donald Henry Gaskins was born into a tumultuous childhood in Florence County, South Carolina. Gaskins, who everyone called Pee-wee for his small stature, endured years of physical and emotional abuse, both at the hands of school bullies and the adults in his life at home. The experiences molded him into a violent criminal, starting at the tender age of 11. But when he landed in prison at age 19, he was in over his head. It wasn't like his old life, or even the harsh reform school he was used to. He was locked away with actual adult criminals, and at barely 5'2", Gaskins was an easy target. He decided this time he'd have to do more than just win a few fights to prove himself. 
So he identified the toughest guy in prison, waited until he was on the toilet, and then slit his throat. It was Gaskin's first kill, and hardly his last, but it would be some time before he murdered again. The next years of his life read more like black comedy than reality. He escaped prison by hiding in a garbage can, found work in a traveling carnival, and ran off with a contortionist. Then, not long after, he got hauled back to prison. Six years later, he was released and found work on the road again. This time, he was an assistant to a traveling preacher, a job he used as a front to commit a string of robberies. But that's not all. When he was arrested next, Gaskins was determined not to go back to prison. He escaped custody by jumping out the second-story window of the courthouse before he stood trial. He wouldn't stay free for long, however. To him, the sense of power and control he derived from violence was sexually arousing. As the years passed, his urges only became more brutal. After serving a sentence for the rape of a 12-year-old, Gaskins found himself consumed by a burning rage. He started spending hours on long drives down the highway, picking up female hitchhikers and attempting to extort them for sex. Soon, he started conjuring up sick fantasies about torturing any woman who dared reject him. Then one day, they weren't fantasies anymore. Gaskins made them real. In September of 1969, 36-year-old Gaskins picked up a hitchhiker just as he had on dozens of occasions before. But this time, when the young woman turned down his advances, he refused to let her out of the car. He drove deep into a marsh, raped, tortured, and killed her. She was Gaskins' second murder victim. In the next year, he killed almost a dozen more women in the same way. Soon enough, he wasn't just killing for pleasure, he made it a business, too. From 1974 to 1975, he murdered fellow criminals who owed him money, former business partners, and even briefly killed for hire. But after claiming dozens of victims, the one that led to his final arrest was the rape and murder of yet another teenage girl, 13-year-old Kim Gelkins. While investigating her disappearance, police found the girl's clothes in Gaskin's closet. A close friend who had helped him bury bodies confessed what he knew to police. In 1978, 44-year-old Gaskins was convicted for the murders of eight victims and received eight life sentences. But he wasn't done killing. In 1980, Gaskins murdered his final victim, just like he'd done his first, inside of prison. After he was hired for a hit job on a fellow inmate, he smuggled C4, a military-grade plastic explosive, into death row, rigged it to a walkie-talkie, and gave it to the other inmate as a gift. With the push of a button, the entire thing exploded. Gaskins was pleased with himself, but if he thought he had nothing to lose, he couldn't have been more wrong. As punishment, he was re-sentenced and given the death penalty instead of life in prison. But perhaps unsurprisingly, Gaskins remained unapologetic to the end.
When asked if he regretted killing any of his victims, out of dozens of murders, he revealed there were just two he felt sorry about, his 15-year-old niece and a victim's girlfriend who he killed solely because she was a witness. Otherwise, he was remorseless. Gaskins was scheduled for execution by electric chair in 1991, the day he died. The 58-year-old didn't have a single gray hair on his head. His explanation? Clean living. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you'd like more stories on Donald Gaskins, check out our full-length two-part episodes on the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Garland, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Haley Milliken. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime.